Writing your oncology case report is a huge undertaking, and it's easy to make silly mistakes that can derail your entire writing process. That's why you need my brand new masterclass, the three-step framework for a finished case report. In this free masterclass, you'll learn three of the biggest mistakes to avoid when writing your case report, the secrets to actually finishing your case report, no matter the patient case you've chosen, and my proven three-step framework for starting and finishing your very own oncology case report. Save your seat today at theoncopt.com slash framework. Again, that's theoncopt.com slash framework. We are at a real crossroads in our profession, and we have been over the last several months. Honestly, what feels like seven years. COVID has revealed so much about our whole approach to healthcare, and I think especially most notable, most palpable for us, it has revealed so much about oncology patient care and how we address cancer in many different facets from diagnosis to treatment and then beyond treatment for our patients. And not all of what COVID has revealed has been a good thing. Um, I'm not saying that COVID is a good thing. And unfortunately, what it has been showing us about so much of what I've already stated has been very, very bad. So in today's episode, we're going to be talking about some of these things that I have seen personally in working with patients and working in the oncology field, what others have shared with me about their experiences, and then most importantly, where do we go from here? So stay tuned. Let's unpack this a bit more. Welcome to the Onco PT Podcast, where you'll learn from oncology experts, practitioners, and patients to help you on your journey to become a confident and competent Onco PT. Here's your host, Elise Decker. Hey everybody, this is Elise, host of the Onco PT Podcast, and I know that that intro sounded a little gloom and doom, and I realized after I listened to it that it very much was, but I also want to convey how important and how problematic what we're seeing right now is for oncology physical therapy. So what I want to talk about today is what I see COVID has really brought to light about oncology physical therapy as a as a whole profession, right? And we have learned so much in the past few months about many, many different things. COVID not being a light uh, figure here that we have learned so much about, but specifically how such a catastrophic event can affect our ability to treat our patients. And I'm not going to lie, at the beginning of the year, you know, had just come off of CSM, had just come back from the uh, Power Lymphatics Conference and was feeling really on top of the world and really very much like, oh, we're invincible. We have so much good that we can do for these patients. Like, how can people not be coming to cancer rehab? Obviously, that was a very, very naive perception, especially in light of what we know now, but you live and you learn, right? And so what I've really tried to do throughout these past few months is try to 
understand what's going on and how this is changing our ability to treat patients. So what I want to talk about is kind of how COVID as a pandemic has changed how we are able to care for people within the oncology PT setting in general. So I'm not just talking outpatient. I'm not just talking inpatient. I'm trying to talk very big picture here. And then what this means for us moving forward, right? So it's not all going to be gloom and doom. It's going to be, okay, here's a little bit of gloom and doom. And then what the heck do we do about this? Because we cannot let this keep going like what it has been doing over the past few months. So basically, I want to start this off with, as a profession, our methods of getting to patients and getting patients to us is very, very problematic at the very, very heart of it. And so what I mean by that is in a lot of different settings, we as the oncology physical therapists are relying on referrals from physicians. Maybe that's oncologists specifically. Maybe that's other types of physicians. But we are relying so heavily on these referrals to physical therapy, to cancer rehab, to actually get to the patients. And one of the things that I have been seeing, and this is something that was actually starting pre-COVID, okay? So this is not something that I just had this epiphany during COVID. That's not at all what I'm saying here. But I have been seeing some things and I've been talking with others who have shared their perspective that have really kind of been building this in my mind. And so this idea of relying on physicians to refer patients to us is ridiculous. And unfortunately, that is a reality for a lot of different practitioners. I practice in Texas and we have limited direct access. We actually just got an expansion last year, but it was very, very limited for a very, very long period of time. And I know that different states have different capacities for direct access. But even though we are expanding direct access, we as oncology physical therapists as a whole, okay, maybe not you specifically, but as a whole, we rely so much on these referrals to get patients in the door. And a lot of times what is happening is that if patients are being referred for cancer rehab, when they're being referred for it, a lot of times it is a you know, out the door as the physician is leaving the room, they're saying, oh yeah, and I'm referring you to PT, and that's about the extent of the conversation. Or maybe it's not even the physician who's having the conversation. Maybe it's the MA. Maybe it's the nurse who's telling the patient, oh yeah, your physician is sending you to cancer rehab or, you know, PT. And the patients are wondering, why the heck am I going to PT? Because a lot of times they don't think that they're having any problems. Now, some patients do, but a lot of times what I was seeing, a lot of patients don't think they're having problems. A lot of patients think that I have cancer. This is just how it's supposed to be. Now, you and I, as the professional, know that's not the case. But this whole concept of, okay, we get the referral for a patient who maybe doesn't even know that they're getting PT, have had that happen more times than I would care to recall, Or maybe knows that they're supposed to be doing PT, but don't really know why. But this whole concept of basically converting a cold 
customer. And by cold, I mean, this is very much like a kind of business term. But in like in business trainings and whatnot, they talk about you want your customer to be warm. They want your customers, customers, excuse me, to be aware of you and receptive to becoming your customer instead of going out onto the street and saying, hey, do you want to buy this? I don't know iPhone, if you do that to people out of the blue who have no introduction to you whatsoever, more than likely people are going to say no. And it's the same concept for physical therapy and not just oncology PT, but PT in general. But for our conversation here, we're going to focus specifically on oncology PT. But if we're going out and we're cold calling our patients then we're not going to convert them. And let's face it, oncology PT is a business. We're in the business of helping people. Because if we don't make this a business, then we're not going to be able to pay the bills so that we can pay our PTs to treat the patients so our patients get better. Okay, so we have to understand it is a business. We have to be able to do our job and earn the buck so that we can pay the rent and pay the lights and pay our staff so that we can continue to do the wonderful work that we are called to do. And cold calling patients, such as in the examples that I gave previously with patients who don't know that they're being referred to PT or patients who aren't really understanding why they're being referred to PT or what PT is even going to help them with, they're not going to convert into customers. And if we're not converting patients into our patients, into our customers, we can't do the things. We can't we can't pay the rent. We can't pay the bills. We can't pay our staff, you know, salaries, and we can't help more people. And so this was very much something that I saw within my own work experience, but also across the country from people who were sharing with me that you know, patients were not being referred, you know, they weren't being referred from their oncologist to come to cancer rehab. They weren't being talked to. They, you know, a lot of uncertainty, especially in the beginning months of, well, like, you know, I'm going to stay home and I don't want to do this. I get that. And I know that that's a big part of what was going on, but we also can't Ignore the fact that this whole idea of us relying on other medical professionals to get patients in our door is completely the wrong approach. And I think we really shot ourselves in the foot, truly. And what I think we should instead be doing, instead of trying to, you know, do all these, you know, in-services to different, you know, medical or healthcare providers who could refer patients to us, we need to be marketing ourselves directly to the patients more. I'm not saying that's the only way we need to do this, but we have got to be focusing more on actually getting ourselves out in front of the patients to show them that we are beneficial team members of their oncology care team and we can help them in so many different capacities because let's face it even if we get patients referred to us by the you know the physician or the nurse practitioner or the physician's assistant even if we're they are referred to us if they don't know what the heck we do they're not going to want to sign up for an evaluation or you know let us into the 
you know, even the hospital room to do an evaluation on them, right? So if the patient doesn't know what we do, they're not going to convert into our patients, into our customers. So the next point that I want to make here is that we have done a lot of work, again, as a profession over the last few years to be a part of the oncology care team. You know, we know, obviously, as oncology physical therapists, we play such an important role in this whole cancer care continuum. Immediately after diagnosis, through treatment, you know, for years after treatment, all the way, you know, even to end of life. We have such an amazing capacity to serve these patients. And that's part of why I love oncology physical therapy so much. We have so much that we can do for these patients. And so as part of trying to get out there and see, you know, have us be seen by other oncology caregivers, you know, you know, healthcare providers, physicians, NPs, PAs, we've done so much work to try to get in front of them and say, hey, listen to me. Look at all the good things we can do for our patients. Even with all of that, when COVID started and started shutting things down and changing how we are treating patients who have cancer, I think it really showed us that we don't really have a real consistent seat at the oncology table. I think we're very much still in a, metaphorically speaking, we're in a folding chair that we dragged in, that we have tried to push up to the table by ourselves, but we are still not at the point where we are being invited to the conversation by the oncologists and the surgeons and the other oncology team members. So I think Nicole Stout really said this best earlier this summer when she gave her um, her big lecture that we are not going to be invited to the table. It's up to us to be at the table, to grab that chair and drag it up to the table and consistently make noise in a good way at the table so that people are paying attention to us and the good that we can provide for their patients and how our services as oncology physical therapists are helping those providers care for their patients more effectively. And I feel like in my perspective, so originally, you know, things were starting to close down and I'm only, I can only speak from my Texas perspective, okay? So back in end of March, beginning of April, I think. I honestly can't remember now. It's been so long. But things shut down. And so I think the governor shut a whole bunch of stuff down and a lot of people were staying at home. And so a lot of people were, you know, unfortunately not even able to get screened for cancer. That's something I've talked about here on the podcast previously. But these patients weren't able to get screened for cancer. Sometimes they were even having their treatment delayed if they had already been diagnosed for cancer. So we had patients who were presenting with much more aggressive and advanced cancers than what they would have previously because they couldn't get screened or they couldn't have as aggressive of treatment as what they needed to have. So anyways, this was kind of going on beginning and then things slowly started to open up in May. Very, you know, slowly, 
but still were opening up. And so at that point, people were starting to get in for screenings. Maybe they were getting diagnosed more. You know, we were kind of getting back to doing more surgeries and whatnot. And so then meetings started happening again. Tumor boards started happening again. You know, other interdisciplinary meetings or whatever you want to call them were starting to happen again. And I think a lot of us in oncology PT were waiting to get reinvited back into it. And when that wasn't happening, we weren't getting patients in the door. And when we weren't getting patients in the door, we were, as businesses, losing money. And some businesses even laid off people. And that's not just specific to Texas. I know that was happening all across the United States, unfortunately, and worldwide, I'm sure. And so I... Even being inside of an oncology outpatient clinic, I was cut back on my hours. And it was astounding to me that even though I still had patients who were coming to therapy, that my hours were cut. And so that actually inhibited my ability to treat patients. And that was mind-blowing to me. And so... I think we very much had this idea of like, well, we're cancer rehab. We're indispensable. Like we obviously, you know, even though like these orthopedic surgeries, you know, those are, oh, what was the word they were using? Um, you know, those are non-essential. Cancer surgeries are still essential. Like we should still be treating our patients. No, it's not because we were not making enough, we were not making enough noise as oncology PTs to show the people, unfortunately, in these positions of power and decision-making to say, hey, no, we are needed. We are making a significant difference in our patients' lives. And if they do not get our care, this is exactly what will happen. And so I think that's a lot of what was happening across the country. Um, Scott Capoza, who was on the podcast earlier this year, was talking about how his unit was actually... So he works in the oncology unit and a lot of his colleagues were then pulled over into the COVID treatment areas and he actually stayed oncology because obviously his patients needed him, but he was one of the only board certified, excuse me, oncology clinical specialists and simply having that name, that, you know, set of that title behind his name is what made it possible for him to stay because they recognized, oh, Scott's an expert, like he needs to stay with this patient population. And again, I'm not saying that the answer to all of COVID's problems is to be a board certified clinician, but we are not as a profession, as a wide group of really, really smart and capable clinicians, we are not making enough noise in the right areas to address these issues and to fix them fast enough to get our people back into treating the patients to the capacity that we need. And that is a really big problem. And so I think what COVID has really shown us is that we have a lot of work to do still. I think that we were riding this momentum up before COVID and then into COVID, that we were really doing a lot of good 
progress in a lot of areas. But I think what COVID has highlighted is that we did not do enough work in the correct areas to really make a difference how we need to. Okay, we're making differences in a lot of areas, but I think some of the areas we neglected as a profession to address are a big contributing factor to why so many oncology clinicians like PTs, again, this is this is the audience I'm speaking to here, but why oncology PTs got cut and our hours got cut and, you know, we were we were moved to different units because we did not as a profession consistently and vocally and loud enough demonstrate how much good we're doing for our patients and how truly necessary we are for this particular patient group. And so where do we go from here? How do we band together and how do we work on addressing these issues? And I've got some ideas. And so what I'm going to be doing is, let's see. So today is the 21st of October when I'm uh, releasing this episode. So starting on November 8th. So this is in a couple weeks. You know, we're going to get through October And I'm going to start this webinar, this workshop series that basically breaks down some of these issues that we are seeing in the oncology physical therapy world, both pre-COVID and post-COVID. So this is not just specific to COVID, but I think has been exacerbated by COVID. COVID, excuse me. (laughs) So exacerbated by COVID. And In this five-day workshop series, we're going to work through some of these issues, and then we're also going to work on some solutions together and how can we go forth into our own practices to implement these things to get us back to where we're treating our patients when and where they need us in the capacity they need us. And so I would love for you to join me. Again, that is going to be starting on Sunday evening, November 8th at 7 p.m. Central Time. I will be announcing more about that when the time comes, but make sure, mark your calendars, and I cannot wait to see you there. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the OnCo PT Podcast. For more episodes, visit theoncopt.com.